Hey, welcome to the One Link Podcast. I'm James, and I'm here with my buddy Tyler. Tyler, what's going on today? Oh, not too much. Just preparing for some trainings is all. There you go. That's a story of our lives, right? Yeah. Yeah. The next uh, month or so, we're definitely going to be busy. Yeah, that's good. It's good busy. It's good busy. Yeah, it's a yeah. good busy. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're going to jump back in with our interview with Gary, who is the student strategist for, for deaf work around the world. Is that right? He, I believe, is retired, but yes, well, he yeah, was he, doing yeah, that he for was, a while. He was, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're going to continue that. If you didn't hear the episode before this, definitely go back and jump in and give it a listen. And we'll jump back in with Gary. Let's do it. What about you as a coda? Like when you find another coda, is that like another extra level of <laughs> oh, extra yeah. level of like, man? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I say we're our, uh, our own breed in the subculture to the subculture, you know, deaf people in a subculture, American subculture, but like we're the subculture of the deaf people or waste one of them. And we, we are our own different kind of culture at times. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will go, oh, you're Coda. And then they'll either roll their eyes or go, that explains it <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> you're one of them. I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah. But but we have that access. Like if they know that we're a Coda, they may not brush us off like a hearing person. Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. So yeah. and not all Codas get that treatment. But most of the time you will see a deaf person. Like if I say, hey, I'm a Coda, you know, just here. My parents are deaf. And they're like, oh, OK you kind of kind of get where we're coming from like Mm -hmm. we'd i will admit i'd have no idea what it's like to be oppressed because i'm deaf i don't Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i can identify with seeing what that oppression looks like because i saw my parents go through it and they still Mm -hmm. go through it Mm -hmm. so and and if i were to go deaf tomorrow i would still mm -hmm. have lived the the, most of my life as part of a hearing world so Mm -hmm. i i can identify a little bit better but i'll always be hearing culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my goal is a hearing person serving among deaf was to be considered an acceptable outsider. Yeah. As we go to serve deaf, we should never be thinking I'm going to be part of the core deaf group because I'm not. Mm-hmm. 100%. But if I can become an acceptable outsider, mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. I like the term beloved outsider. Mm-hmm. You're outside, but we know that you love us and and you're welcome here. Yeah. What it's about awesome. if you, if I go overseas and say I go to, you know, pick a country, pick a language, say I go to Mongolia, do I have to learn, do I learn like basically like survival skills in the trade language and then jump into a Mongolian sign or do I have to like learn full Mongolian which is a really hard language for Americans, and then full Mongolian sign. No, I, I I would say do your best to learn as much as you can of both, but focus on the sign. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. If a police officer stops you, or you have to go to immigrations, or you have to buy something from a hearing person, person. you've got to mm-hmm. be able to communicate. But if your if your ministry focus is among deaf, you've got to learn the language. You've got to. Mm-hmm. There's just no. There's no way no around. around it. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, with our personnel, they 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 learn if they're hearing, they learn kind of survival trade language. But their 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 major focus is learning the local sign. Mm-hmm. 
And so, I mean, that would be true for a hearing person. Mm -hmm. So I have a question, Gary. So Mm -hmm. if you, if we run across students who are interested in serving overseas and serving the deaf affinity, and this can go two ways. So if you want to answer it both ways, it's awesome. If they are hearing and have this heart and desire to go say next summer or really soon, what would you say? How would you, how would you start them? Like, what would you say to them on how to get started? And then two, say you say we come across somebody who's like me, who's a coda, who's who's fluent, or somebody who's hearing who's fluent, or somebody who's deaf. What would you say to them and how to get started on going to serve overseas for a summer? Okay, for the, for the first part of the question, the, the hearing person that has a heart, uh, I would say first thing to do is is start identifying with deaf around you where you are, because until you're comfortable and have an affinity for the deaf people near you, you will not have deaf an, uh, an affinity for deaf people far from you. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and can and can I just clarify sure. for, for me as the most ignorant one here, if I jump in with deaf people, they would love that. Is that correct? Like they would not be offended or they would not be like, what's it, the, it would, it would depend on your attitude. I mean, honestly, okay. mm-hmm. uh, again, if, if I if I go to a place and I'm trying to relate to deaf and I present myself as the knower, savior, leader, mm-hmm. controller, I, I mean that They're that's dangerous. it. Yep. Yep. Uh if I go as a learner, uh as somebody who who loves them and wants mm-hmm. to to show them how much God loves them more than I do. Mm-hmm. I can be accepted, but mm-hmm. but with a level of suspicion because you got to remember, yeah. deaf globally are oppressed by the hearing culture, culture. by hearing mm-hmm. people, and that that's me. That's more, I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, again, I th- I think if you go as a learner, mm-hmm. if you go in a level of servanthood rather than leadership, mm-hmm. that's going to take you a long way. So I guess my question is, how do I jump in with, how do I, how do I get involved with the deaf around me? Uh, I, I would try to find somebody like a CODA or maybe mm-hmm. even see if you could uh, be invited to a deaf activity by a deaf person. Don't just show mm-hmm. up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't, I would never do that. Okay. Uh, but the deaf are, are a very tight knit community. So once mm-hmm. I meet a deaf person, Mm-hmm. and develop a sense of trust, they will introduce me to their deaf friends. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's it's kind of a, a chain link, very, very close-knit community. Okay. Um, okay. Gotcha. Uh, so, so, so back to Tyler's question then. Okay. Yeah. So, so I would begin with the, the hearing person. One, learn as much American sign as possible from deaf people. Become very comfortable hanging around with deaf people. Invite people, deaf people to your home for meals or go out and have coffee, whatever, uh, and start there. And then I would look at short-term projects, maybe one, two, three-week type projects. And again, the IMB has that on their on their website. If you just mm-hmm. go to imb.org slash students and then click on that and type in the word deaf for the kind of project you're going to want to go on, there's multiple options there. Mm-hmm. So I, that's that's kind of how I would start. If somebody's a really good signer, and has a heart for sign, I would say probably they could look at something like a hands-on project, which is a semester-long mm-hmm. assignment. 
Uh, and that's working uh, side by side with a, an experienced field missionary that who already knows the local sign mm-hmm. language. Mm-hmm. I would say if they couldn't go for a semester, they could do more of an in-depth thing that uses more sign language, like one of our Story One camps where we're mm-hmm. helping equip deaf people mm-hmm. reformat written scripture into sign uh, mm-hmm. language. Uh, we've got journeyman options, which are two-year assignments. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, we've got, we've got options for from like two weeks to two years mm-hmm. to career. Mm-hmm. And again, depending on your sign language and what you're willing to do, man, God can God can use you. God can, if God can use somebody in their fifties <laughs> that had no functioning yeah. ability to sign, then he certainly can use a twenty year old or an eighteen year old or you know mm-hmm. a twenty something yeah. uh, that's got a heart. We've had five journeymen, the, the two year assignment uh, serving mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. And four of those five went to the field with no functional sign at all. Mm. And all of them have knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. I mean, to the place by the end of their term, they are, they are equipping deaf nationals to lead Bible stories. Mm. Nice. Okay. It's a different learning approach, mm-hmm. but I, I really think a lot of young people, especially now, and, and people can identify their preferred learning style. If, if a college student or a, a young person knows that their preferred learning style is a visual learning style, man, they, they can learn sign language, I mean, Quick. just amazingly fast. Mm. Did you find you could pick it up faster than Spanish when you learned that? Part of the problem I dealt with was because we had been doing Spanish work for so long and we were in a Spanish-speaking yeah. country. If I got mm-hmm. in trouble, I could always go to a hearing person. So that, you know, it was kind of a negative. Yeah. But I think anybody who has learned a second language can learn a third or fourth or fifth language much more quickly mm-hmm. than never having learned a second language. Mm-hmm. That's why I would encourage anybody that's considering engaging deaf overseas, learn as much local sign as possible because it shapes that visual learning part of your brain. So mm-hmm. when you're going overseas, you say, Okay, I don't know that sign, but I know it, this is the heart feeling mm-hmm. area, and so that's that sign root. So if it's here, mm-hmm. it's feeling. If it's here, it's thought. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's gut, it's it's reactionary. You know, um, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I, once you kind of learn that structure, no matter where you go, you're gonna you're gonna very quickly learn the local sign. Gotcha. I mean, I, honestly, I could take somebody like Tyler put him in a, in a place where very few outsiders know that sign language and, and he'd be functioning very quickly. Mm-hmm. That'd be a fun. That's a challenge to you, Tyler, by the way. That's right. <laughs> I kind of I figured. That's right. Did we get the second part of your question answered, Tyler? Yes. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, so, you know, this. we send a lot of summer teams. Mm-hmm. We, that's kind of where we we specialize and focus and in, in preparing preparing and with Tyler on staff with thought and wondered how that how we could go about doing that. Okay. Uh, of course, he has a, he has a heart for the deaf and it, and for me, you know, it's like a it's a new people group that I'm being introduced to, and it's it's both fascinating and I can see like I can see all of, <laughs> I don't know if I can see all of the challenges, but I see so many challenges. I think I want to wrap it up with this question is, is what are you seeing God doing among the deaf uh, across the world right now? Every place without, without exception, every place 
where we have had people sharing the gospel in a story format and local sign people have come to Christ and been discipled. Amen. Everywhere. Awesome. Everywhere. That's awesome. So uh again, sending sending teams out, I would say there's there's kind of a continuum. We've had people come and work with us overseas where the entire team there were no signers whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so we take a few days, teach them some basic sign, but then we we help them learn to dramatize a story whether they have mm-hmm. sign or not. Mm-hmm. And they're sharing the gospel very clearly in deaf culture. Mm-hmm. If you've got signers, then you can do some things that are a little bit more in depth mm-hmm. than just doing a drama. And I don't mean to minimize dramas because right. even as we're teaching with good signers, we still go back to default of, of dramatizing because mm-hmm. as Tyler said, it's so impactful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would, I would say if anybody really it has a heart for, or even exploring could God possibly be calling me uh, to serve among death? I would challenge you seriously, prayerfully consider going on a short-term project. See how God is working among death. See how a sign story makes an eternal impact in the mm-hmm. life of a deaf person. If they're like my wife and I, you will be immediately hooked. You will be immediately addicted. You will be your whole worldview changes, and you're saying, God. What can I do in order for you to communicate your love, your truth to these people who have until this point had absolutely zero access to biblical truth? Gary, correct me if I'm wrong, but out of the, as you say, 74 million deaf people, only 2% mm. have ever heard and accepted the gospel. Yeah. And, and in fact, uh, using kind of the global missiological terms of reached and unreached and all that kind of stuff. I don't know of a deaf a deaf uh, culture anywhere that is considered reached because they're all at least ninety eight percent lost. Exactly. Even here in America, the most. So when you look when you look at global death rates, that means that in excess of fifteen hundred deaf people are dying a day, and ninety eight percent have never even seen or heard his yeah. sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. Never. Ever. So that's got to stop. Satan has dominated and oppressed spiritually the deaf world for for centuries, and it's mm-hmm. time it's time to stop it. Mm-hmm. It's time to get Amen. Him. It's time to do something about it. Amen. Let me ask this question. This is a, from James. So, like, I know or I believe that if I move to really get good enough language to really express the gospel, it's probably a couple year process. What do you think that is for me? What What is it? Like even in American Sign Language, like uh, that's where God has me right now. I'm, I'm here. How long would it take to learn to express the gospel or to share the gospel in a meaningful, genuine way? Lots of variables. Uh, mm-hmm. How much are you willing to invest in learning the language? Mm-hmm. How good are the people that are teaching you mm-hmm. uh, able yeah. to, to, to teach you? But it all starts in the heart, man. It all starts mm-hmm. in the heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think for us, I think personally, okay, and learning language is not my strength, okay? Mm-hmm. But God, yeah. because he calls us, he, he mm-hmm. equips us, gives us what we need. I, I think we were, were able to, to have some basic 
uh, spiritual conversations within, I'd say, six to eight months. Okay. Uh, to be at a level where we felt like we could make some impactful discipleship mm-hmm. was within a year. Okay. Uh, but again, I would never say to you, and I would never say to, to my deaf friends in Mexico that I know Mexican sign. Mm. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm learning Mexican sign. Yeah. I would totally never say that. to anybody in, in the in the United States, I know American sign. I'm learning American sign. Mm-hmm. And I have a heart's desire to learn more. Mm-hmm. So just like when you're learning uh, Hakka or Cantonese or Mandarin or Spanish or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. starts in the heart. Starts in the heart. So the, the bigger the desire I have, the more resources I have by nationals uh, and their ability to, to teach me, uh, the more quickly I'm going to be communicative. That's excellent. Well, I will, I'll have my eye out for eye out for more deaf people. I went through FPO with a guy who was a CODA. We went to some, we had to make some, some trip to Washington, D.C. It's like this field trip, you know, and, you had to, and we were sitting on the subway and all of a sudden I look over and Ron was like signing to this guy and uh, you know, just. He could just see them. And... I, I was at Rural King a couple of weeks ago, and I was, you know, they've got popcorn machines, so you get free popcorn for Rural King. And so hearing, guy in front of me, and he couldn't get the popcorn machine to work, and I said, boy, it's frustrating. And he turned around and said, I went, are you serious? You're deaf? So we started signing together, and it was like, it's just cool to be around deaf people. I mean, uh, it really, you know, if I'm at McDonald's and I say Latino and I can speak Spanish to them, it's like I, I just kind of migrate to, to Spanish mm-hmm. speakers or to deaf people. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know why it's just fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, like it's what Gary's saying. It starts in the heart and our mm-hmm. heart's going to drive us to, if there is a deaf person, it's going to drive us to them. It's going to drive us to a Latina. It's going to drive us to a Chinese or a Mongol. Like, Mm-hmm. It's just going to drive us because one, we know, and two, like we want them to know Jesus, or we want them to know, hey, there aren't so bad hearing people in the world that want mm-hmm. to get to know you. There's mm-hmm. not so bad Americans that you know think, you know, like highly of people, like mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, maybe Mexicans are crossing the border, but man, Gary cares for them so much, yeah. kind of thing, you know. So like, it's one of those things where it's like it transcends what's happening mm-hmm. like it transcends the stigmas it transcends the stereotypes it transcends like like i mean even if a student that's learning asl2 it is like hey i'm learning and most of the time deaf people will be like oh awesome cool. they might know cool. that they yeah. may not have a conversation with them but it'll <laughs> uh-huh. be like a good job yeah. mm-hmm. you're, you're you're signing good keep keep up and the yeah. i mean this student's gonna be like ah yeah, <laughs> you know, like so that's going to give them motivation to keep going. I think the, the only other thing I would add in, in in a real global brushstroke kind of thing is is as you're learning sign or any other language, don't ever come to the place where where your mind or your heart is telling you that now I'm going. God can do something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. God's going to reach deaf in spite of me, in spite yeah. of my limitations, not because of my giftedness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's it's all God. And I mean, in the Old Testament, he spoke through the mouth of a donkey. If he can do that, <laughs> I, he might be able to sign something <laughs> me through, through these hands. I, and I'm being, I'm not trying to be modest. I'm trying to be mm-hmm. 100% sincere. Yeah. yeah. God God never does anything because of me. He does it in spite of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I hear you and and I'm with you. So when are you gonna take a death trip? I don't know. When are you gonna when are you gonna get the IMB to put in a trip request for one link to operate a trip to a deaf affinity? We've got a bunch of them. Right now we've got 12 requests uh on the IMB website for students. Mm-hmm. We've got one request for hands-on, and you don't really see the journeyman request there because those are right. kind of a little bit more in-depth, but we've got yeah. some some journeyman requests. Yeah. I, saw, I think yeah. I saw two two uh, summer trips, like six or eight-week trips or something like that yeah. so far. Yeah. So, you know, we, we operate offici- <clears throat> officially as a training partner of the IMB, and so I think if we could find... We'll have to kind of explore out a little bit. I don't know how much you know about or how much Tyler told you about our process or what we do. Everything. Okay. <laughs> so and I'm sure he sent me some links too. So I was able to explore some of that. I would love to see us send a trip and and explore what that looks like and and find well, e- even uh if they're going to a place where we've got some sign language mm-hmm. stories already recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that Bible app, I mean, yeah. either mm-hmm. you or or somebody else that's deaf mm-hmm. could literally sit down and, and watch these stories. And initially, it's easier just just to copy the, mm-hmm. the story yeah. and then understand it, then try to understand it and then sign it. So, right. you know, with team with a group of, of students, sit there and learn these four or five stories. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then, you know, we... Normally, we do five application questions. What mm-hmm. happened in the story? What? How did that story make you feel? Uh, where do you see mm-hmm. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit working in the story? You know, what are what are positive examples we should follow or negative examples we shouldn't follow? And then, how do you apply that to your life this week? How, how are you going to live differently now that you know the story? So, the cycle we use is we we tell the story then ask the question, then we sign the story again, mm-hmm. then might repeat the story, then we'll ask this question, and then sign the story again, mm-hmm. then this question, then somebody from the group will, will sign, sign the story. story. Then mm-hmm. a question, then we'll, we'll dramatize the story, and then do the application, and then do the story again. So, mm-hmm. you know, most, most of our stories are three to five minutes, mm-hmm. and our Bible stories last an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. I love what you guys do for training because that sounds really cool too. Like we were talking about it a little bit and I was like, oh, this is intriguing. I like it because I never thought of the storying and going to storying, but I've never been on a definitions trip. So I've never kind of thought that way. So like, but I know, right. But I've done a ton of stuff in America. Oh, sure you have. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like, know that. It's a goal that I would love to go. Like our church mm-hmm. was kind of considering maybe going to Jamaica even. Okay. back home but it just kind of fell through so i was like ah i was an interpreter i could have my <laughs> my schedule i could wipe that out and just go yeah. so but uh no that's definitely a goal i have but i think just to kind of understand your training um, or that training you put students through and then seeing where we can implement that in ours i think would really answer the question of how would we train at the one link training we just sent uh, some information to uh, a partner in Mexico, uh, the northern part of Mexico. Mm-hmm. In December, we did a training with six deaf Mexican young people. They came from all over Mexico to this little town, Reynosa. So we were together for about a week and kind of did initial training for them to do storying. Uh, our second level training is going to be sometime between March and June, I'm not sure exactly the dates, 
but we're trying to carve out like 10 days together. And okay. the goal would be that, that they will learn a new story each day. So the goal is for them to learn seven stories during that 10 day period. So what we found out is when we're training on this side of the ocean, the same thing we're doing with our nationals here, it does this really, really well. But yeah, I, I, any anything we can do to help you guys uh, to mobilize students, because again, our goal is to have 50 field workers by the end of 2025. Mm-hmm. Engaging deaf people right now, we're about 28. So okay. uh, we're looking almost doubling. Yeah, if we can help that in any way. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome. I love this partnership. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for Jay. sure. I will admit to you guys, and Sis and I have recognized it uh, again, not trying to eat humble pie or anything. Uh, we we have been until our retirement the weakest link in the deaf affinity because we've had the least training and least experience before going to the field uh, among deaf. Um, I mean, even if even if a student who's had one year of ASL goes to the field, they will be better equipped than we were when we hit the field to do deaf work. Mm-hmm. Okay? But like so you I said would just Lord, encourage your students that way. Yeah, the Lord, the Lord can do anything. Obviously, yeah. it's shown, and you have so much knowledge, man, that I'm just learning and soaking from too. You know, and I've, and I've been oh, first my first language, so you know, it's it's really good to hear what you're saying because I agree 100. percent Like I see it even in North America, and I'm just imagining like how much more difficult it is overseas, just because language. Bar- I mean, we have language barriers in North America, but like it's mm-hmm. nothing like other countries, and other countries don't have access to interpreters like we do. They don't have access to this. They look, they're looked down more upon oh, yeah. overseas mm-hmm. for sure. The shame culture, but even here mm-hmm. in America, like James, this is a stat that we didn't share, but like 90% of deaf people born to hearing parents don't have access to sign language in the home. Their parents mm-hmm. do not sign. Never learn sign. Never learn sign. And how do you, how do you share heart to heart with your kid? If you never learned their heart language. And, I, and so multiply that, you know, like 150 fold overseas. I mean, yep. we've had people uh, real quick. There's a, a, one of our couples was was working on a big country in in the Pacific, and you know, met met a, a deaf kid that was. I mean, they were both deaf. They had this kid doing yard work and stuff. It was hot. Kid takes his shirt off, and they see that this kid's collarbone is just horribly disfigured misformed so our field worker said what's going on here and the guy the kid started crying 16 year old boy he said every time i use sign my hearing dad gets a stick and breaks my collarbone because he can't stand to see me sign wow my grandpa grew up in deaf schools being rulered on the hand oh yeah Yeah. at a deaf school yeah I mean, the there's a deaf school in Mexico where the deaf kids have to sit on their hands during class. I'm going, are you nuts? What's wrong with you people? Language deprivation to the max. Oh. Yeah. And, you know, mainstreaming kids into hearing schools now in the United States. I mean, they're learning their language. They're losing their language. They're losing their culture. And a lot they're of deaf better because of it. Yeah, deaf schools are closing or they're becoming more of the deaf plus yeah. kind of schools, more like special needs and deaf schools mm-hmm. now. 
And my parents are, my mom just retired from the deaf school in Illinois. My dad's got a couple more years, but it's not all like that. But like they compared it to 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah. Oh, much, oh, yeah. much different atmosphere. Much. Well, much. I mean, we have fewer deaf churches. That, okay. We have fewer deaf churches in the United States right now than when we started working with deaf 11 years ago. If you look at Southern Baptist, the North American Mission Board website, there are two deaf church planners for all of the United States. Right. Yeah. Yep. Go get them, boys. One's deaf, one of them's hearing. Yep. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just... And what's our... People, people don't have a focus for the intense spiritual needs of deaf people. They're just yeah. absolutely... And most people, and... they hand, hand a deaf person a Bible and you've evangelized. When... Yeah, the they can read. Them, even, yeah. even in our church, I mm -hmm. asked our Sunday school teacher, do you like to read? She said, sure, I can read. I, I, that's not why I asked you. I asked you, do you like to read? No, I don't. Mm -hmm. Her husband, do you like to read? I can read. That's not what I asked you. Do you <laughs> like to read? No, yeah. I don't. I asked another deaf person. She said, no, I can't stand to read. I hate it. Mm -hmm. It's a completely different language. Yeah, they're quote unquote an oral culture, only the orals is sign languages the, the grammar's different the, the syntax mm -hmm. everything about written english is absolutely different than sign it's not visual no mm -hmm. yeah it's not yeah so anyway and there's and there's about i, I can soapbox <laughs> all day about it. i'm I frustrated sometimes I, I, yeah. it's like same you know, we're it, willing to, to reach you know, uh, Punjabi that move here from India, but we're not willing to reach deaf here in our own country. You got to be kidding me. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, even with students and with adults, we try to mobilize adults too. You know, let's let's get you on this deaf trip. Well, I don't sign. Well, you don't speak Spanish and you're going. You're going there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what? I think, yeah. I feel like so many of our people, uh, one is just the thing about being American and there's two things. One is like, we, we kind of think, well, and for our college students, there's a good chance you're going to meet someone who wants to learn English, you know? And so for the short term, they're thinking that way. But the other thing, I think it, I don't know what it is, but I feel like, like my Chinese friends, Mongolian, especially Mongolian friends, if I was, because they're a minority, you know, so gracious with my language inadequacies. Uh, but here it's kind of like, why don't you speak English? You know, mm -hmm. why don't you learn some good English? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, our problem has been when we were doing living in Mexico, working with deaf, learning Mexican sign, and then coming back to the United States. I mean, when we've started working with deaf, we knew no American sign. So we started mm -hmm. learning American sign. And, then, and like Tyler said, hey, good job. You're learning, you know, good job. Keep, you know, keep at it. <laughs> then we'd go and we'd be gone for, you know, nine months and yeah. not use any American sign, just focus on learning Mexican sign. And then we come back and our American deaf friends would go, what happened to your sign? Yeah. Well, it's Mexican sign. Oh, then we'd stay yeah. here a few weeks ago, back to Mexico, and our Mexican said, what happened to your sign? It's like, <laughs> yeah, we we know a missionary that used to be a missionary in Russia, and he would tell stories. He'd come back every now and then, and he would have to be like, just letting you know, a lot of my signs are Russian sign language. Yeah. Yeah. Over there, when I go back, I will have to say some of this is American sign language, and then he was relocated to Australia. <laughs> Same thing. There was one time we had a deaf men's retreat and he's preaching and I'm just like, what? Uh, I don't know. What <laughs> and he's like, saying. it's Auslan, Auslan sign language, which is totally, totally different. And it's like, yeah. oh, 
but you could still understand mm-hmm. a lot of what he was saying, oh, yeah. even when there yeah. wasn't signs, because then you understood the context and you understood the sign roots. The, the closer you get to roots, the more you're going to be understood. Yeah. 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 It really sounds to me like if based on my four hours of learning about sign language <laughs> between my time with Tyler and uh, and here, sounds to me like you should never preach at a deaf meeting. Like you should never have any, uh, is that, I mean, is that right? I, or just like, I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, you're going to, you have deaf pastors that are going to preach sermons, but they do it in a way that is not just. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Deaf sermons are much more different than hearing sermons. Like mm-hmm. I even. If, it, if it's not this. Right. Okay. That, so this James, this means like just hearing minded. Like, oh. Even like, it's kind of a deaf deaf uh insult to hearing people kind of yeah <laughs> yeah but it's, it's a slam yeah well and if you're really doing a, a deaf i don't even call it a sermon i just call sharing yeah, it's really sharing yeah it really is in a hearing service a lot of times a pastor will have a primary text and then a secondary third fourth you can't do that with them it's it's mm. the focus on one passage one story you don't bring illustration in from another story because then you got to tell that story. If they don't know that story, mm-hmm. the, illust- the illustration, the sport doesn't do you good. So it, if it's not the story, we don't talk about it. It's just that it's story. story. It's just that path. Yeah, topical mm-hmm. messages are so hard. Mm. And that's why they can go so long because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you have to explain everything. And that's yeah. the thing. It's not a, it's not a, you don't know this. So let me explain it to you kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. It's a, you don't know this, so let me take the time to explain. Like I watched a sermon, um, a pastor down in uh, Tampa. He was just doing a Bible study, and the Bible study took like an hour and a half. But he was explaining different ways of understanding sanctification, and he had a mm-hmm. very simple sign, and mm-hmm. a very he was like make holy, and then he was like, and then he expounded this way, this way, mm-hmm. and this way, yeah. on how this can apply to your life. It's very applicable, like mm-hmm. story application uh-huh. like what is practical in the asl world and that's where when we were talking about like how deaf people will go oh yeah 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 i had a story mm-hmm. and they deaf people love to share experience mm-hmm. so that's where mm-hmm. you'll see a lot of like in a bible study you'll see like he it probably took an hour and a half because there was like a half hour of people responding back yeah. mm-hmm. so like that's where deaf people learn mm-hmm. is when they're able to respond back because in hearing churches, if we respond back or if we say amen, that's it. If you say anything else, that you you cross the line. Mm-hmm. You well, and and the deaf learn from the other people in the circle, not just the presenter. Yeah. So yeah. it's completely different. See, the deaf are smart enough to know that that's the best way to learn. We hearing people think we need a good sermon to puff us up with lots of knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we, I'm I'm on board with what the what the deaf. We are grew doing. up with this cult, clergy class mindset that's mm-hmm. carried over from European Catholicism, and you know you got to be the knower, and you're teaching the 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 people that the don't knower. know. No, all we're doing is saying, hey, this is what God's word says, yes. and let me let me show you what that means. Mm-hmm. Because if, if, you, if you don't have meaning, you don't have that heart mind picture of mm-hmm. what you just saw it means nothing. nothing and if it means nothing it doesn't get applied it doesn't get shared mm-hmm. yep. gotcha 
Yeah, this definitely this call is taking forever, but I want to keep talking. <laughs> Enjoy this. I appreciate I, you. I do too. Lot. I love I love educating. I love it because yeah. then it's like I'm a deaf person explaining my own experience in this whole entire thing too. Like that's how I feel. It's like, yeah. man, I, I could talk. I know me and Gary, we could talk about this for half the day and just be mm-hmm. like, yeah. hey, let's get a drink of water. We'll come back and keep going. <laughs> Well, again, let me just another little story. There was a guy by the name of Jonathan. Okay, he has two hearing parents. They don't sign. Okay, uh, we met him at a deaf church in Mexico City, and then he told us we we announced to the church we're moving to Pueblo. No deaf churches at all in the entire state. He said, "I'm moving back home to Pueblo. We're going to be neighbors." Well, we found out Pueblo's a pretty big state. He lived three hours from us. Okay, okay. so when we started forming our group. We kind of stayed in contact with video phones and Zoom and that kind of stuff with Jonathan. So we took some deaf disciples from our group in Puebla to his town where he had a group meeting in his home. And I can remember, you'll relate to this time. I looked at at Jonathan and I said, Jonathan, how long have you been a Christ follower? He said seven years, six years at the time. Numbers are different in Mexican sign too, Tyler. Okay. This this is six in Mexican sign. Okay. Yep. So I said, well, we're doing stories. How many stories do you know? Okay. Now, Tyler knows when I mean no, that means you can tell that story. You don't know about it. You can, you don't look it up. You know this story. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's going, ooh, gosh. So about a minute later, he goes, or. Wow. I said, Jonathan, how is it you're a Christian, you're a Christ follower, you only know three stories? He says, Who's teaching me stories? Hmm. So basically, once we tried every month, we did it a little less frequently. We would take a group of three or four people from our group. They would teach Jonathan these three or four stories, and then he had new stories to share with his deaf group for the next month or so. Mm -hmm. But it's like deaf want to know these stories, but they Mm -hmm. don't. There's no no resources. None. Yeah. Yeah. How how many stories can they learn? But I'm thinking like I went to Nepal one time for a week and I was teaching through a story cloth and what I found out this was like a discipleship school and they knew like all the all the New Testaments but they didn't know they knew the creation and then they knew nothing else. And so they like worked on them all that night, you know, and I don't know that they learned them all perfect, but like they really like dove in are deaf like that, like a sponge, or does it take longer to like absorb each sponge, one? Sponge. Or? Mm-hmm. sponge. If they see it, it's clear. It's in mm-hmm. their signs. Boom. Mm-hmm. We've got a lady in, in Mexico. Her name is Anna. She's an unwed mom. I mean, she had some issues in her life. But when Anna sees a story, I'm telling you, she can see a story one time, maybe the second time. She knows it and she can tell it better than I can. Well, I think we're going to cut it off here again. We got one more episode left on our series on working with deaf. I hope that you guys are finding this really encouraging. I am because, you know, I've been learning just tons of things through this interview. Uh, Tyler, how how have you felt like it's it's not new territory for you? Mm. No, yeah, I, I definitely. And I think Gary would probably say the same thing is we enjoy telling people about our experiences and we enjoy telling people about the passion we have for deaf people. And deaf people, you know, are unseen, uh, pun intended, you know, <laughs> like they, they really are. And so being able to come on a podcast and talk about it is something that really excites, I know, Gary and I for sure. Mm-hmm. Excellent. 
Well, we will have one more thing. We kind of ended the interview maybe formally. There was still some really great stories. So I'm going to pop some of those in the last episode. Uh, and then you and I'll wrap it up there. And I really hope people are thinking, praying, uh, have their eyes out scanning a little bit, looking to mm. uh, engage with the deaf people around them. Definitely. Yeah, they are. Uh, you, you definitely have to look. You look. But once you, once you see them, you'll know it for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Well, guys, we will see you next time on the One Link Podcast.